is the Rams Review Podcast. Discussion, insights, interviews and analysis. All passion, all Derby County. The Rams Review Podcast is proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, where fans come first. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Rams Review Podcast. It's just Jason today, Corey is taking a very well-earned break, Um, so we've got We've got a bit of a bumper episode this week. Um, we've obviously got two games in midweek. Uh, sorry, one game midweek, one game Saturday to preview, um, which will be Reading and Swansea, two home games. And But to kick off the pod, uh, we've got to talk about the unfortunate result yesterday at Bramall Lane. 1-0 defeat for Derby, 90th minute penalty giveaway. I mean, again, an, another game full of battling qualities. You know, I just hope that this is the the desire from the players for the rest of the season, uh, because they they didn't deserve and didn't deserve to come away yesterday without a point. They played pretty well. They they created chances. They 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 had a couple of chances in the first half. Jagielka in the bar. Uh, Sam Baldock's blasted one wide from about eight yards out on the angle. Um, and obviously, second half got a little bit hairy, especially after the sending off with Roos, which we'll touch on in a sec. And then, obviously, the 90th minute penalty. But then Derby still had a chance. Tom Lawrence, wonderful flick on. I think it was from Ravel Morrison. Um, straight to Tom Lawrence, turned the defender, beautiful footwork, got, his, got the ball out of his feet, unfortunately beat the keeper, but didn't beat the post. And, and so Derby come away, 1-0 defeat. I think, you know, Derby were the better side, probably, the first half. They certainly created the better chances. Sheffield United did miss did miss a hatful uh, of, of opportunities, it has to be said. And, you know, but that, that's that little bit of look that you need on the road. Derby take one of them chances and it becomes a different game. And then... Sheffield United started to play the way that they have been playing just recently. They got hold of the ball a lot better. Derby got penned back and further back. And then on the 57-minute mark, Roos has come out. It's poor defending, really. Um, Obviously, I think it was Billy Sharps beat the trap. And he was obviously going to round the goalkeeper. Chances are he was going to round the goalkeeper and put it in. So Kel's gone and tried to do his best. Unfortunately, he's just taken him clean out. Um, and, and, a, and a red card. I think, you know, it, it's it's an interesting one. You listen to the players' interviews after, I think it was Graham Shinney, um, and actually look at the highlights and you look at Shinney and Morrison's reaction when the red card's pulled out. It, it's as if that the ref didn't think it was red to start off with and obviously had some influence in his earpiece and, and decided to send Kel off. So that was a bit of a disappointment. Uh, and then it was backs to the wall, 
chance after chance after chance and we thought that they they were going to see it out a very valuable point again especially you know that would have been three unbeaten two home games coming up against uh, Reading and Swansea you know chances to get points in those two games there's still chances to get points in those two games uh, and then the penalty I mean not quite sure what Curtis Davis is doing with his arms a bit like Maradona but he, he knew straight away it was unfortunate I mean it's it's one of those things. It's, it just seems to be that that's kind of the look you get when you when you're down that end of things. Because Derby deserved at least a point out of that game yesterday. Um, penalty dispatched, and as I say, that you know, still a still a chance in the last couple of minutes. Uh, and Derby obviously then pushed those last final four, three four minutes, and 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 could have could have snuck an equaliser. And as I say, don't think it would have um, been un, unfair because I think Derby deserved something out of that game yesterday. And again, as I mentioned at the beginning, another performance from the players. They're digging in. They really are digging in and working hard. We still still don't look like scoring that many. That many. We don't look the, the most creative, um, which we know about anyway. You know, so we, we just have to, we have to take one of those chances. I mean, Jags has hit the bar. It's more of a, from the edge of the box, we've kind of floated it in. It's just managed to hit, hit the crossbar. Uh, but Sam Baldock's chance is the one. Uh, falls to him eight yards out and, and just puts it past the post. If that flies in, you know. Um, but it is one, you know, when you're down there, you you don't put chances away, unfortunately, you know. Otherwise, you'd be, you'd be higher up the league. Obviously, appreciate the points deductions, the reason why Derby are down there at the minute. But, it's it's frustrating. It was it was a it was an opportunity to take something from the game, and of course, as we said, as we say every week, the famous saying of this podcast this season: Derby are going to have to take the chances that they get, um, and and that's a that's a one that slipped through the fingers yesterday. But again, performance wise, player wise, nothing to be disgraced of. Uh, another, I mean, Curtis Davis and and Jags at the back. You know, fantastic again, um, battling again in the midfield. I, ju- I just think I'm hoping that you know, these next two home games coming up, which we're about to preview, if Derby can stay unbeaten in the two and get a win out of one of them, you know, four points would be going into that international break would be would be massive. Would be massive. Uh, the two obviously two tough fixtures: Reading, Swansea. Um, both teams have had a mediocre start to the season. So, you know, it's not it's not against the realms of possibility that Dobby can pick up th- three, four, even six points for, from those two games and, and take it into that international break uh, with with obviously a bit of a better position. Um, probably still wouldn't be off the foot of the table with that. But, you know, obviously we'd be back into positive points, which is obviously a great thing. It, it's small, small margins, small steps this season that that's the way that it's going to have to be but I'm, I'm massively encouraged with the way that we're playing um I still think you know we can we can go a bit more we can we can do a bit more we can uh, be a bit more on the front foot uh, yesterday we, we sat back too much I mean you know down to 10 men that's probably what you're going to do but I think we just overall I think even with 11 men we did sit back a little bit too, too much and we just we're inviting pressure um which you know we dealt with for nine, 89 minutes, but I don't know if that's the way 
forward you know if that's good if we're going to if we're going to be able to keep doing that week in week out I think we've got to we've got to try and <clears throat> come up with something that we can press our game on on opponents especially away from home but I thought it was a very even game yesterday um and ultimately Derby were unlucky to come out of it with with nothing so frustrating man of the match for me uh, I have to give it to I have to give it to Curtis Davis have to. I mean, it's a shame that he gave the penalty away. But any of the back two, or any of the back line, really, I thought Derby looked pretty solid all game. Um, and it's a case of dust down, back at Pride Park under the lights on Wednesday night, and you know, tr continue to perform like this because I think if they do continue to perform like this, they will certainly pick up points if it will be enough for. Obvious reasons we don't know, but they will pick up points playing this way. That they have to because it is actually a, a, a we're in games. We're still in games. We're not getting battered week in week out. We are in games. I'd just like to see that extra extra five ten percent that we put our game onto the opponents, especially away from home. And you know we, we you never know we might come out we might come away with more. But that's the thoughts. Um, coming up next is our chat all about the to preview the game against Reading. Before the next segment, I want to quickly talk to you about the Fan Hub app. Fan Hub are looking to put fans first and change the game, giving back to the real heroes of football, us, the fans. Download the app now from Apple or Google stores and get involved predicting lineups, check in on match days and check your fan statistics. Compete against fans of our club and other football teams. Let's help get Derby County up that leaderboard. Also, it's a great way to get media content from all creators across the FanHub family, including our stuff at the Rams Review Podcast for Derby County. Download today and you can avoid the queue using our unique code. Contact us on social media for more details and check out the FanHub app and website. So joining me at this time to discuss all things Reading for the trip to Pride Park on Wednesday night, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Matt Lansley from Elm Park Royals. Matt. Thanks for joining you. Absolutely not a problem at all, Jason. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right, thanks. It's great to great to meet you. Um, as we've just we've just had a nice long chat off air about ven venting uh, venting frustrations about the football world, but uh, we're going to have to bring it back down to earth now and actually talk about real real football and, and the real position that that both the clubs unfortunately find themselves in at the, the minute. Um, so I want to I want to obviously. This chat's mainly about Reading, so um, it's going to be. You know, first question is, obviously, last season, flying, absolutely flying, and then you know the bottom fell out of it a little bit, and and ultimately they missed out on the playoffs. First question has to be, Matt, because of the start, was that a huge disappointment, or can you still look at it as a? That's actually not a not a bad finish because of previous seasons. Um, probably a little bit of both when you when you think about it. Really, like it was it was a start that nobody expected last season. You know, we, we get we we sack our manager, previous manager, a week before the season, get an unknown manager in a week before, and then you go on, um, you know, seven wins out of eight. It was just it was ridiculous and kind of I think everyone was pointing at the the conversion rate and stuff of Reading last year. It was unbelievable. It was almost it was it was like forty percent or something of shots. 
and it was always not going to be sustainable. Um, but then, you know, you, you, you've got to look at kind of where we were and, you know, year after year battling relegation almost when you look at it realistically, it was, it, it was fun. It was real, real fun whilst we were there. And yes, it was disappointing to, to then fall out, you know, right at the crucial moment. But I think you've got to look at it. You've got to realise kind of where you are as a club. You know, Reading weren't really at a promotion pushing club state, really. Yes, we've got some good, good players and some real good quality in there. But to have it just all click for one season, it's not really, you don't expect it and you don't expect it to last, really. But it, I think after the season, you thought it's a good foundation to now kick on. Um, to yes it was a it, it was a poor end to the season but we've got a foundation there to kick on from and I think that's what a lot of fans were hoping for this season and that was going to be my next point it, it does you take the disappointment of missing out on the playoffs aside it was a it was a nice base to to build over you know a, a summer um but then I'm going to ask you about you know obviously transfer activity and, and stuff like that that happened in the summer and then obviously you you come into the start of the season and I appreciate you've just won the you know three on the spin now, but for the first four or five games it looked like Reading hadn't got hadn't come out of the blocks. Yeah, yeah, no, very much so. And it it, it was a strange summer. It was a very strange summer because again last season we had transfer embargo. Valko Palnovic he came in and he was only able to sign two loan players over the entirety of the season he wasn't able to sign a permanent player so this summer was the first time he was actually able to sign a permanent player and that was a free transfer you know and so it it, it was a very it was a very strange window because again we had all this stuff with the EFL bubbling under being under transfer embargo not being able to sign anyone could we sign anyone is it just freeze small fees loans so we didn't do any activity really until very late in the window, really. Um, and Paunovic was saying it's it's far from ideal. We're probably not going to start the season very well. And lo and behold, we didn't. You know, the first five games culminating in that abysmal loss at Huddersfield um, kind of emphasised that. And I think there was a lot of questions. There were so many questions because we finished the season last year very poorly and then it carried into this season, you think, what's kind of happening is there a deeper problem is Valco the man for the job and a lot of people were were questioning that were were looking at the the possibility well is he going to take us forward is that kind of has he taken us where he can take us and there was a portion that would probably slightly pound out at that stage you know at, at, at the end of the transfer window which you think five games in um is quite is quite extreme really but 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 you look at this position you've got to think well is, is it, 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 it has, has he run his course but then you know two three weeks is a long time in football because since the international break players have had time to bed in you know players have come in Danny Drinkwater Baba Rahman and they've been absolutely sensational you know they don't look like championship players and the fact that we were able to get both of them on loan has been fantastic because Drinkwater coming in, in the Fulham game sensational first league start yesterday was exceptional yesterday um and maybe it was just a time to bed everyone in get the squad back together um i say back together we've still got an unbelievable injury list quite frankly um but it, it, it's 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 been a weird one because it's such a slow start and then to to have to 
the run of four games we've had, I don't think many people expected it, certainly not the win at Fulham. Um, and they're kind of now really looking up, you know, I think we're, I think we're ninth in the table now. And, mm. and you think, um, you know, where, where, where can we go? Yes, we've got the potential of points deductions incoming, but it's certainly put the fan base back on a, back, back, back on a happier seat really, because it was really quite, quite gloomy really. And at, at the last international break. Yeah. I mean, as you say, you, you sat ninth and just, just looked at the league table. Um, second highest top goal scorers. Um, but second worst, second worst defence. Uh, yes. Does that tell the whole story of Reading season so far, Matt? Oh, um, I think we probably need a whole nother show to talk about the defensive woes of Reading FC, quite frankly. Um, to, to say it's been a shambles, it would be an understatement. Like, yes, we've, we've had an injury crisis at Reading, which has been building and really got to a stage yesterday where I think people sometimes exaggerate about their team having injury crises. Um, there isn't really any exaggeration with Reading's right now because yesterday we had no first or we had no defenders actually or no centre backs on it in the team sheet at all. Um, you know, we've we've got five centre backs, all of which are injured: Liam Moore, Michael Morrison, Tom McIntyre, Tom Holmes, uh, and Scott Dan, who we obviously got on a free transfer. All of them are injured, so we were playing our right back at centre back. We we're playing a midfielder at, at centre back. Um, a centre midfielder at right back and actually a left back actually in his natural position. And it was the first time we were able to actually get a clean sheet. But before then, the defensive, like, coherence has just been non-existent. You know, the, the, the communication has been poor. Maybe we should look at playing eight midfielders every game. I don't know, because <laughs> it seemed to work yesterday. And whenever we've played defenders, it's just not worked. But, I mean... Yeah, to, to to look at some of the goals we've conceded this season has just been been comical. I mean, a lot of the fan base have said zonal marking on corners. We've not been we've been very poor from set plays, and that's been a contributing factor. But it's not been the only factor. Um, I mean, we've played our fullbacks very high a lot of the time, and then our defensive midfielders have dropped wide to cover for it, leaving nothing in behind or nothing in front of our defenders and we've conceded a lot from crosses and cutbacks and it was just a recurring theme recurring theme week on week on week but we've been scoring and that's been the the, the, the weird thing I think if, if you've been looking for exciting games you'd come and watch Reading because you know a few weeks back when we drew to QPR you know we go behind we go 3-1 up we concede in the last minute to go 3-3 three, three, you know and you think like if we can sort out that defense we've got a very very good foundation because especially yesterday attacking wise we were flowing so much better so much better than we have been um and it's almost just as long as we can get sort out the defensive situation however that may be um i still don't see it right now because we've got no defenders to really pick from but if we can fix that going forwards then there's certainly some sort of optimism to be had really yeah, uh, I'm, as you say, any team that can score goals, if you like, you say if you can if you can tweak that defence and and pick that up, then you, you'll soon start shooting up the league. Um, and and that's the first person I, I want to talk about. We're what nine games in, and you've already got somebody who's who scored nearly an average of a goal a game. I appreciate you know the other goals are a little bit shared out, but John Swift obviously started the season uh, on fire, Matt. Yes, yeah, and you know you've got. You've got certain players at each club where, you know, where you mention a club, you're going to mention a player. I mean, Swift 
is the epitome of that for Reading right now. Anything that happens really in a game goes through Swift. He got the assist yesterday for, for Halilovic's goal. You know, he's got seven goals so far, five assists. And it, he's been quite blighted with injuries over the past few seasons. He could never quite fit a whole season in. It, it was always niggly injuries, soft tissue injuries that keep that would keep him out for five, six games. Then he would come back, get injured again. But he, he, he's, he's certainly... He had a small run at the end of last season um, back in the team. And he was able to get a little bit of kind of form up and he's just carried that really. He's had a first real full preseason as well and has just hit the ground running. And we're kind of seeing the swift of, I mean, I mean when back under Stam, when we first signed him, uh, he, he was this ex- he was this brilliant, exciting, um, almost l- late rushing attacking midfielder that would just come late into the box, get 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 the tap ins from from the penalty spot and that, and it's happening in that way kind kind of again with him now. Valco's told him to um, shoot more and pass less um, as well, and you look at his shooting ability, you look at his free kicks, and it's just it's almost like a free kick is almost like you know a. a a semi-penalty almost for him. He's he, he's getting so good at them. I think Valco said that he invested in a dead ball coach over um, uh, over the preseason, and it's just showing through. But everything everything's going through him. And you look at the goal we scored yesterday. The off the ball running is just so. It, it, he's not had that before. He's often been quite static, and he's been trying. He's been the one playing a deep lying quarterback role almost. Um, you know, trying to spread the play. But now he's becoming more effective up the field and you're really seeing it in the goals and the assists and in the runs and virtually anything that happens is kind of going through him really going forwards now. One other player we briefly mentioned him a second ago um, you, we, we have to talk about is of course Dan, Danny Drinkwater. I mean for me what a what a signing um, you know Appreciate it. it just goes to show you that he wants to get out there and he wants to play football because I'm sure when you know that phone call came in and he saw Reading, you know, towards the bottom of the league, he, it, a lot of a lot of players who were obviously on the big money at Chelsea, you know, Le- Leicester for the years that they were, they'd have they'd have turned that they'd have turned that offer down. So actually, I want to I want to just say hats off to him to actually come back into take a step back into the Championship and uh, first first and foremost, but actually be at a club that. Appreciate Reading probably won't be down there towards the end, but you know, in current times, getting him in must be a bit of a coup, Matt. Yeah, no, no, it was it was certainly one that was kind of out of the blue, and it was one when you when you first saw it, you thought, sorry, that Danny Drinkwater, you know, like like like, and but then you kind of think, well, it's never, he's not really played any football for the last few years. He's had all of his off the field problems, um, even when he's had loans out. I think he had a loan to Turkey last year. He, he never played 90 minutes and only played, I think, about 10, 15 games. And then you kind of think, well, is this just a bit of a, a glitz and glamour kind of kind of signing? But to be fair to him, like you say, to take take the drop drop down. And to be fair, we seem to be quite good at getting Chelsea low knees. Um, it, obviously, we're so close to Chelsea. It, might, it must be an attractive place for, for players to come because you think, you know, you don't have to relocate. You can stay at you can stay in your, your house, wherever that might be. Just travel an hour to an hour to Reading. But we've done very well with them over the years. You know, drink water, Baba Rahman, you look at even the ones in the past, Nathaniel Chalibur, Nathan Ake, we've got on loans from them. Um, But the drink water signing was certainly out of the blue, but 
credit to him. And certainly since he's actually got himself up to fitness, it was a bit interesting. I think his first his first training session, he turned up with a black eye and that kind of put him out for the first first game or two, I think. And we're kind of thinking, oh, is he is he still up to his old kind of habits of, of, of you know, his personal issues? But he came in early in the Fulham game because we, 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 surprise, surprise, got an injury. Um, so he had to come on about, I think it was about 25, 30 minutes into the game. And he just ran the show. And it was the same thing yesterday. I mean, his his passing, his composure on the ball. I mean, we're playing out from, from the back in situations that I think no Reading fan really wants to see because it's so risky. But you, you're looking at kind of the way they're doing it. And it's very calm, very composed. And a lot of it goes through drink water. And it's almost like someone like Swift will probably thrive on having someone like that. You know, you've got you've got the likes of Ovi and um, Halilovic as well next to him are very good on the ball but now you've got players behind him like Drinkwater as well and even Delhi Bashiru you know it's a very it's a very very strong midfield that now um and hopefully he can just kick on from here Drinkwater because you know you look five years ago Premier League winner five six years ago Premier League winner and to have that in your team right now you, you do look at that and you think wow that, that that that's that's quite incredible really um and just hopefully you can if we can get 50 percent of that player and his loan spell you know you you'd be you'd be really really happy with that kind of signing no absolutely um in terms of uh, the rest of the squad matt is, is there anybody anybody else that stood out so far this season at reading um, yeah, no, so there, there, there has, there has been a couple of, see, um, Halilovic was, um, I think he was actually, um, Panovic's first permanent signing, um, on a free, um, and he, he's kind of been one of these kind of travelers who's been kind of here, there and everywhere. You know, I think he started at Barcelona, had a stint at AC Milan, been all over the place last year was at Birmingham city. He's never really found a home, but you see glimpses in him and certainly, in some of his play, some of his passing, he's got a brilliant, brilliant left foot passing wise, but he, he's, 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 he's so nimble, nimble on his feet, very good dribbling. He's certainly been one that's really adapted quite well to, to the championship. He was one that came in, in that Huddersfield game. He came off the bench for his, for, for his first debut um, and has really kicked on from, from there. And he, he certainly wants to look out for obviously Ovi, Ovi's Ovi when he's firing you know he's one of the most technically gifted players I think we've seen at Reading you know his ball his ball control is second to none he can kill a dead ball out of a, a 50 foot drop in the air you know he can kill it dead right at his feet and Delhi Bashiru as well was coming very very solid Baba Rahman again you know left back on loan from Chelsea has been very solid and I think a shout out has to go to the keeper as well Southward I think he came in and quite odd circumstances as our, our old first goalkeeper Raphael injured his hand punching a whiteboard after the uh, QPR uh, draw actually so after the QPR draw he comes in from there and you know we, we, we've gone on a three three game winning run only conceding two getting our first clean sheet of the season against Fulham pulled off some incredible saves um, so I mean there, there is a lot of quality in in the squad and I just hope it's starting to click because you look at some of the players and you think it's got real potential real potential um but I'd, I, the ones I'd probably look out for apart from obviously those we mentioned would, would be Halilovic, Deli Bashiru um and um and, and Ovi of course on the left I mean obviously we're gonna 
going to have to go back a while. The last, the last real time that I saw Derby play Reading uh, was, I think it was the first game of the season uh, last year. And Reading, obviously, we're on that, ended up going on that amazing run to start off the season. I mean, that, that Reading team tore Derby apart. Uh, and not only Derby in that opening, obviously, t- 10 or so fixtures of the league. With, with the style of football that, as you say, it, it is exciting, it's fast-paced, it's it's quick, it's technical. Um, is that still the way that Reading are trying to play, Matt? Yes. Yeah, no, it is. And I think it, it was struggling in the early part of the season. And a lot of it could have could have gone down to, obviously, the pre-season that we had, all the players that were out injured. Um as well not helping to that but certainly over the last I mean it's easy to say when you're winning games um that 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 that, that, you know the style of football is coming back um but I mean when you look at some of the play yesterday um when we played um when we played played Borough I mean it was some of some of the best attacking play that 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 we'd seen and we could have arguably you know won more than one nil you know Swift had a one-on-one chance Delhi Bashiru had a one-on-one chance um that that they both squandered um so it, it, it's certainly what's what they are trying to do and what they're trying to do seemingly is play out more from the back, which was kind of a bit of a bit of a hallmark from yesterday because they were really almost playing themselves into trouble, but then playing themselves out of trouble, which is not good for the, not good for the old ticker when you when you're trying to support and watch it. because You just think you get it out, please. We're winning one nil. Don't concede a stupid goal. But. I mean, that they, they, they were doing it very effectively. I'm sure if they keep doing it, it will probably come back to bite them at some point because it always seemingly does when Reading tried to play like that. Um, but 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 going forward, it, it's very fast. It's very quick pace from from side to side. A lot of the time, we'd be playing on the counter um, as well. We just we, we let teams have that possession. It's kind of changed in the last few few games um, as we've got these players back. We're having more possession of the ball. Um, and trying to just move move through the thirds and that's and um, but but yeah it it, it 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 certainly one to one to kind of kind of look out for because it, it's it's certainly coming back that style of play. So uh, focusing a bit more actually now then on on the game for the final ten minutes of the pod, um, you've talked there Matt about the way that Reading will will try and play when they come to Derby. Um, Derby play quite a similar way. <laughs> You're not the only fans that don't like it when uh, when the team play out from the back, I can assure you. Um, and that's probably actually going to get a little bit worse for Derby because we got, obviously, our first choice goalkeeper sent off yesterday. So, um, and it is, um, the, the replacement will probably be Ryan Alsop. And he hasn't had the most glittering starts uh, at Derby, I have to say. So it'd be interesting to see if they change the way that they uh, they they play over the next three games, but I, I very much doubt that. But you, you've you've touched on you know where where Derby have got to be careful, where Derby going to be have to be have to be switched on and weary. Where can where can Derby get any joy out of Reading, Matt? Um, pressing, pressing high, I think, because I think whenever you've got a team trying to play out from the back, yes, we did it very well yesterday, but I still think that will come back to bite us at some point. I think, like I say, I think a lot of fans probably will think that about their team if they're playing like that. But pressing high definitely um, would, 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 would be one to want to really focus on set plays as well because we're likely to be playing without a centre-back again this week because the players that, we, that, that are out aren't coming back anytime soon. 
Um, and you kind of saw it yesterday, and it was the it was the baffling thing against Bury yesterday. Um, in in the game, we were playing with no centre backs, and Borough kept playing short short corners. And you you kind of think just get the ball in because when the ball goes in and Reading are poor enough as it is at defending some plays, um, you know when you've got no centre backs there, that's just got to be you know almost magnified that problem. Um, so set plays have got to be a key for you, um, I'd say in 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 in, in the game because you look at it and you think no centre-backs you know we've not really got many players even nearing six foot so you know you, you get your centre-backs up there you're going to have a chance um, and they're probably the two two real key areas I'd probably I'd probably highlight and if I was if I was a Derby fan Derby manager I'd be I'd be focusing on um, I don't know if you've got a big man up top as well um, but again if we're not playing a centre-back we're playing a five foot nine right back at centre back, you know, yesterday and 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 a six foot midfielder, you know, if you've got a big man that can hustle them, again, that's gonna that's gonna cause problems. Um so it, it's really just trying to take advantage of that of that back four um really that 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 we've got at the moment. It, with the players we've got, it means we can play out probably better than we would with centre backs, but that, that there's kind of issues waiting to happen, you know, when you're playing that players that aren't centre backs there, you know, it, it can't last forever. I don't think you know the honeymoon period of 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 yesterday's of yesterday's win. So, yeah, leading leading the line for Derby on Wednesday night will be somebody you know quite well, and he goes by the name of Sam Baldock. So, oh Christ alive! I forgot you had him. Oh God! <laughs> who, um, oh blimey! <laughs> yeah, who missed an absolute sitter yesterday? Um, oh. Mate, yards out. So, yeah, he. he <laughs> he, he does run his socks off, bless him, he Sam does. Baldock. But he, he does he's... can't hit a bond or he really can't. No. We've, we've seen that, <laughs> unfortunately. <Yeah. laughs> and he is our only recognised striker at the uh, at the club who's fit at the moment. So, oh yeah, god, <laughs> see why Derby struggled to score goals. But I'm not. Yeah. Gonna, I don't want to do him a disservice because he does run his socks off. But. Mm. Um, for the final couple of minutes, Matt, I've got a couple more things, um, and then we we always do a score prediction at the end. As we mentioned off air, we were talking about it, and you've you've briefly passed over it a couple of times. Um, th- this section might cheer Derby fans up a little bit because whilst Derby are in the mire, it it looks like Reading could actually be in a little bit of trouble as well. Um, yes, a bit of good news for Derby fans. Uh, possibly yes. I think we can we can cry on each other's shoulders. I think at kind of the debacle that is that is the EFL. Of course, I think you know we've only got ourselves to blame for getting ourselves in this problem. But I think Reading fans have kind of seen this coming for quite some time. You know, everyone's seen the figures over kind of the last season. Um, how much Reading have lost? You know, I think we've lost something like it was about eighty six or something million pounds over the last three years. Which when the limit is uh, it's 36 or something million over three years, isn't it? You kind of look at that and you think, how, how, you know, how is this still not coming to bite us? And it finally has, um, you know, yes, there's a lot of reasons why that has, or what, why it has come to this. Um, but it's, I, I think it, it, it's not obviously a, a financial funding problem. It's a problem where our owner is funding too much and funding quite stupidly, really, because you look at kind of um, the, the, the transfers that's happened, even going back um, three, four years to when 
our old CEO, Ron Gawley, came in. That laid the foundations for really the financial demise that we're in right now. He came in after our playoff victory and everyone got bumped onto quite ridiculous contracts, really. Um, and that, that there, was a, there was a table that went out the other day where our wage to income went from about 90% pre-Gawley to 223% in Gourlay's first season and you can start seeing the problems there yes there was you know small parachute payments in the years before that but not quite that to amount to to those losses but you you look at the situation um it's not for it's not for the want of not funding it's just our owner has overfunded almost um and overfunded quite quite stupidly i think people will always look at stuff like covid and try and blame that but i think when you look at the spending the lack of wanting to sell players as well when we got a when we got a bid for Liam Moore in i think it was 1819 season of it was about 12 15 million for Liam Moore and our owner decides no we're not going to sell him we're going to lump him on a huge contract to keep him at reading to keep at bay premier league clubs who wanted him that's where the issues have 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 come about and it 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 has been a bit of a a long time coming i think uh, you know reading have only really got themselves to blame i think most clubs are just wanting clarity from the efl now especially reading you know because if we're going to get a points deduction just give it to us now six points nine points whatever it is just 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 give it to us so we can focus on the rest of the season focus on getting safe and then you know pushing on for whatever the rest of the season might hold um you know rather than seemingly stumbling along at one mile an hour like they have been with Derby like they have been with Reading so far like they did with Sheffield Wednesday you know seasons back and with Birmingham you know it's not uncommon for the EFL to be doing this to be lingering over over decisions not making them and I know I think they say that we're in negotiations with the EFL to about a point deduction but if if we've broken certain rules they've got to be repercussions there so you know just get it over and done with don't string string us along for you know week after week month after month as i'm sure you know derby fans will probably echo with the points deductions that you know you're kind of facing as well but it's yeah there's certain issues that have to be addressed probably at a higher level than reading fc with the structure we spoke about it before we could probably spend hours talking Mm -hmm. about it and what what could happen what should happen what we think should happen um but but yeah just hopefully it can be it can be sorted if it's a points deduction just 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 give it to us you know just give it to us let us focus from there um because what you don't want is uncertainty and that's what we've got at the moment so yeah no i, I you, you're you're singing from an imp sheet that we've had in our pockets for, for quite for a few months now i know fully fully agree with you um, well, that is about as much time as we've got for this episode. Uh, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure meeting you. Thank you very much for joining me, mate. Um, mm. Obviously, before we go, as I say, we always do a score prediction. So I'm gonna. the floor is yours. The score prediction for the game at Pride Park on Wednesday night. Oh, don't be biased. Don't be biased. Don't be biased. I want a Reading win. I am going to be biased. I'm going to go with a Reading win. <laughs> uh, probably 2-1. Uh, go 2-1. I, I, I can't see us keeping another clean sheet. To be honest, I think it'd be a minor miracle. I think even Sam Baldock might might uh, break his uh, break his scoring drought. To be honest, uh, it will be be kind of the Reading thing. Uh, but yeah, no two two one two one to Reading. Of course, Swift to uh, get on the score sheet as well. Yeah, I, I can't I can't predict a clean sheet as well, knowing who's going to be in net. Um, 
he's, he's only he's only played obviously played um, a couple of minutes well 30 minutes yesterday didn't look majorly convincing he's played two cup games and again just did not look convincing at all uh, probably one of the reasons why he left Wickham and all of a sudden we decided to sign him on a free transfer but obviously that's that's with everything that's going off at Derby but yeah all sopping net I'm not so confident I was never massively confident when we'd got Keller Roos in net but um, I, I'm, I'm certainly more confident with him than, than I am with Ryan Allsop. Watch him have an absolute blinder now. Uh, fingers, fingers crossed for that. Absolute fingers crossed for that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think like you say, with the firepower that Reading have got, that will cause Derby trouble. Um, it, it, from everything that you've just discussed, if obviously Danny Drinkwater does play in that midfield and he, he tries to control in there. Uh, I mean, we do have two sitters in there. And we've got our own sort of player like that in Ravel Morrison, who you know tries to dictate things. I'd expect Derby to be a little bit more uh, forceful, certainly with us being at home. The last couple of away games, we've kind of sat back and, and took what what's been given to us, and you know tried to tried to break and, and get something that way, um, which hasn't always. Uh, bed fruit but at home we've been a little bit more forceful with the way that we've played obviously we we beat a pretty decent Stoke side last week at home um sounds like the two sides probably play a, a similar way it would just be interesting to see who plays it better certainly this passing out from the back I think's probably the key area it, for, for both sides in terms of uh, how many goals are, are going to go to either side because we certainly don't look comfortable passing it out from the back but it's the way that they want to play um so yeah, I, I I can't call it. I certainly can't call a nil nil. That's for sure. Um, it's actually quite a tough one. Especially it's usually with, quite a high scoring fixture. Reading v Derby historically. <laughs> I know is. we've had a lot of <laughs> Derby. Have got a terrible record at home against Reading as well. Um, you've you've come and pumped us a couple of times, which is which is never great. So that's why I'm. I'm a little bit off and off, but we have got back-to-back home games against yourselves and Swansea on Saturday. We need to obviously start picking up some points sooner rather than later if we've got any chance of staying up. Um, and I think, you know, points just aren't enough. You know, we need to get those three points in. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a pretty decent game, actually. Uh, but I am, I am, I, I hate to predict Derby to, to, to not pick up a result, but I must admit, I think Reading have, you know, just started to, to click a little bit. That addition of Drinkwater in midfield is 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 a masterstroke, in my opinion. You can obviously he's he's too much quality for the championship. We know that. Um Derby struggled to find the back of the net, unfortunately. Uh, so I'm not sure it'll be a nice scoring game from Derby's perspective. Uh my listeners are going to go going to go nuts at this, but I actually I actually could could see Reading winning it two one myself two three one, but uh, I'm going to be controversial and go I'll, I'll go a one one draw. But uh, I, I, Reading are a bogey side at Pride Park for Derby. They they all they have been for quite some time. Um, so I think I think Derby will do well to get something out of it. I think Derby will will do really well to get something out of it. Reading Reading sound a, a dangerous a dangerous side that are just starting to come into a little bit of form. We we will rat you though. We will we will put as you say Sam Baldock. He will run his socks off. We will try and press you. And obviously if the mistakes there, then we we can get a goal. Um, 
it's one of those things we, we've taken the lead nearly, I think, in seven out of the nine games so far this season, but not gone on to, not gone on to only, we've only converted a couple of those. So we, we need to, we need to improve on that. So that kind of shows you where Derby's, um, so, you know, problems lie, but we look a lot more, we do look a lot more robust at the back, but there is still definitely a mistake in it. We, we sound like we play very similarly to yourselves. We push our wing backs up high, centre-backs cover those spaces. And yeah, if you've got anybody with pace in the side running through the middle, we, Billy Sharp had an absolute field day yesterday against us. Um, and he doesn't really have pace. He's just smart. Um, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, he's just smart. He's, he just, he's smart with his runs and he caused us no end of trouble. And actually, he didn't have his shooting boots on yesterday. Otherwise, it could have been, mm. it could have been a bit worse. But uh, yeah, I, I, will, I will try and be optimistic and go 1-1. But the, the, I am hearing on the side of Reading or a bogey side at Derby. And I, I, can see, I can see the Royals walking away with all three points, unfortunately. And, and, and that is it. So, Matt. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Um, and I'm sure oh, thank you. we'll catch up when we're when we're back at when we when we chat about being back at the Medeski. Absolutely. No, pleasure being on, Jason. Thank you very much. No worries at all, mate. Take care. Have a good one. Before we move on to our next segment, we are proud to announce that we are going to be partnering with two amazing organizations this year. First is going to be Flat Back Four, and the second is Six Yards Out. Flat Back Four provide a wide range of club um, memorabilia with the kind of foosball four guys um, on it as well. Amazing clothing range. They've got some awesome Derby stuff, so go and check them out. And we'll be doing some competition giveaways um, and various different bits and bobs throughout the season, so stay tuned for that. And our second partnership is going to be with the Six Yard Out folks. They do some amazing different kind of bespoke gifts, all kind of things Derby County. They've got England mugs, Derby County mugs, and various different kits, and you can get them customized and have old players on them. Um, some really amazing things. You can use Rams Review as a, as a coupon code there as well and get 10% off. Really proud to be partnering with two amazing retail retail partners. So be on the lookout for those um, and check them out if you haven't already. Um, again, that's, that's Flatback 4 and 6 Yards Out. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the next segment. Okay, so joining us now to preview the game on Saturday at Pride Park against Swansea, it's Tom from Total Swans TV. Tom, it's great to see you again, mate. Been a few months. How are we doing? Uh, yeah, doing well. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting me on again. Doing well. So I'm sorry, but we have to start with obviously uh, just just touching on last season. The reason, obviously, being that you got all the way to the playoff final, and I watched it. It, it was one of those games. I'm sure it was a momentous day out. Um, I'm, I'll let you mention all about that in a minute. But obviously, from from in terms of the result, didn't didn't go Swansea's way. Um, just, just touch on what you know, what the day was like, what the occasion was like for yourself. Obviously, being there and done it in the last couple of years, going to a, a, a playoff final and being on the losing end, it's, it's never nice. And then just just roll into obviously, you know, the, the changes that have happened over the over the summer with obviously a couple of your key players leaving. Obviously, the managers moved on. Just, just bring us up to date where we are with Swansea from back end of last season till now. Um, yeah, so obviously Wembley playoff final. Um, one step further than the season before where we got to the semis and lost to Brentford. Um, you know, roll on a year and we faced Brentford in the final at Wembley. Um, everyone loves a day out at Wembley, whether whether you're the underdogs or, you know, the favourites. It's uh, a momentous day for fans. Um, everyone loves travelling to Wembley. And Swansea have been, well, up until that game, uh, had a 100% record at the new Wembley. Um 
So yes, yeah, uh, it was it was a good day out. It was a really nice day out. Got to meet up with Billy from Besotted Podcast and chill out with a few uh, Brentford fans and Swans fans before the game. Uh, managed to get onto Sky Sports as well on the build up for the match uh, with with Billy and do an interview on that. So that was nice. Um, but yeah, I see Wembley. It's a lovely day out. Lovely weather for it as well. Um, as far as the game, um, pretty much done and dusted in the first half. Um, I think we walked two or three nil down at half time. Um, and then we had a man sent off, Jay Fulton sent off in the second half. The game was already away from us at that point. Um, so yeah, disappointing, obviously, not to uh, not to win the playoff final again and get back to the premiership. But it was probably a step too far for us. Brentford had sort of done what we had done um when we when initially went up back in 2010-11. Um they'd built up towards it, they had the squad for it, they had the right manager for it. Um, and you can't really fault. Uh, Thomas Frank, as much as I don't like saying his name, can't fault him. Um, and that Brentford squad, they had a fantastic season. Uh, and I say the, the seasons they had building up to that, they were unfortunate to lose out in the final the year before. Uh, we just weren't ready for it, squad-wise, club-wise. Um, and, you know, that season, I think we were projected to win, um, to finish 11th in the league, and we finished fourth. So we, we massively overachieved with the squad that we had and the budget that we had. Steve Cooper did an absolutely fantastic job both of those seasons. Um, so, yeah, we uh, we lost that playoff final to Brentford. It was uh, quite a long, sort of miserable drive home, just contemplating um, what went wrong, how we didn't come out with the gates as attacking and uh, as dangerous as Brentford did. But, yeah, no, they fully deserved to win that game. Uh, so throughout the summer then, um, you know, the departure of Steve Cooper, um, a load of the, the quality loan signings that we'd brought in from the Premier League, the likes of Freddie Woodman, uh, Mark Guyhe, who's now moved to £20 million signing for Crystal Palace. Um, so Swans are developing players, um, you know, from those Premier League teams. And um, yeah, it was, for me, probably the biggest disappointment throughout the summer was between losing Andre Ayew, who's out of contract. Um, you know, £80,000 a week is uh, quite a substantial wage for a championship team. Um, and yeah, he stuck around for sort of two seasons to try and get us back to the Premiership. He did all he could do, uh, run out his contract. I don't believe we even offered him a new one because we just financially couldn't afford it. Um, but so between Andre and Steve Cooper departing, I'm not really sure which one, you know, sort of hurt me the most and has been, you know, detrimental to the club the more. Um, but we probably heavily relied on Andre last season uh, to get us where we were in the league. Um, he's moved out to Qatar and playing fantastic out there, doing exactly what he did to the championship players, uh, cutting in from that right-hand position, left-footed peg into the bottom corner. Um, but yeah, Steve Cooper departing was you know another big blow for the club. Um, somebody we we were excited about having at the club. Um, certainly a results manager more than uh, a pretty football manager, that's for sure. Um, for, so for me, probably over everything, I'd probably say losing Cooper was probably the biggest uh, disappointment over the summer. But we've recruited sort of quite well as far as players are concerned under the new uh, regime of uh, Russell Martin coming in from MK Dons. Um, you know, he had a bit of a slow start with them last season. I think they didn't win in, in their first eight games very slow first half of the season. Um, up until Christmas, they were sort of nowhere to be seen. They finished 16th, which isn't, you know, a massive uh, achievement, I suppose, but, you know, a club going down um, with, with, you know, the, the sort of budget that they have, 
Um, he, he did quite well there by, by the looks of things. So um, very highly spoken about by MK Don's player fans. And I think majority of Swansea fans were quite excited about the appointment as soon as his name came up. Um, try and get that Swansea identity back. Uh, the, the possession, passing football, um, with being able to pick teams off, you know, willy-nilly, getting, you know, scraping results, dominating the game completely. Um, and we've started the season not as good as we would have liked to. Um, I believe we're still 20th at the moment. You know, one win, uh, one win in eight, it's not fantastic. Four losses and a draw and three draws. So uh, we're doing, we're doing okay. Um, sorry, it's four draws and three losses, but we are doing okay um, as far as football is concerned. Um, possession football, more attractive football. Um, we just got, we've just got a very young squad this season, um, which is sort of the, the problem we've had the last few years. But we've not been able to bring in. Um, sort of as talented lone players, which we've heavily relied on the last few seasons. But this season now, we've actually been able to, you know, recruit our own players, spend a little bit of money, um, and got a couple of good players on free deals as well. Um, bringing the likes of uh, Olivier and Chatham from Celtic. Um, but yeah, we seem to be doing quite well. We picked up say, a, a few free players. Two of them have come in from Bristol um, with um, Patterson. And um, Walsh, sorry, um, but yeah, it's it's like I say, it's been a very slow start to the season. Not really the sort of start that we would have liked. Um, but Russell Martin came in. He said, "You got to you got to trust the process. It's going to take time. Nothing's going to be a, an immediate uh, overnight turnaround and success." So you know, we just got to sit back, be patient. As long as we're not fighting relegation for the entire season, I think most Swansea fans would be would be quite happy with the appointment. Um, yeah. I think, to be honest with you, Tom, you know, you said a few things there that obviously resonate <laughs> with me being a bit uh, with things that went off at Derby a couple of years ago under under Frank Lampard. You know, you've got okay, he wasn't there for as long as Steve Cooper was at Swansea, you know, building up, but it was that stellar. The the, the man came in, he brought it with him three lone players, obviously Harry Wilson and and Mason Mount and things like that. And and Derby, after obviously missing out on the playoffs, all all them left. And something that you just touched on there, you know, the reliability that you've got on those one or two players in your squad with with Andre Ayew. Derby, we di I, I don't think we realised actually how much we relied on the likes of Mainton Mount and, and Harry Wilson in that at that time. Um, and then, obviously, the following season from the playoff final, we we get a new manager. Can't like you say, can't bring in that same quality of loan player, and and we found ourselves struggling at the wrong, you know, the the lower reaches of of the league and up until a point where Derby are still trying to find that right mix of the right manager and the right loan players. And because obviously with COVID football and everything else that's going off at Derby at the minute, um, Steve Cooper, then I, I obviously want, want to mention him, obviously went left in the summer and we've just found out that he's now gone to obviously a, a, a near rival of, of us at, at Derby. I mean, it seemed you'll know better than I will the reasons why he left Swansea. I want I want to obviously touch on that to start off with, but then obviously going to a club like Nottingham Forest at the minute, and I'm not just saying this because they are our rivals, but at the minute, Swansea, Swansea for me seems a better fit. If if you was looking for a job, Swansea seems a, you know Swansea seems a better club at the minute than than Nottingham Forest. Just just talk you know a bit of talk on why he left in the summer, and are you surprised to see him? Not not necessarily managing the championship again, but you know somebody who's had a bit of a poor start in the championship. 
Um, so there was a few few rumours coming out throughout the season. He was looking for um, a step up, especially you know after we didn't um, didn't get promoted to the Premier League. Whether he thought he was a Premier League manager or not, um, obviously everyone naturally wants to take that next step up, wants to progress, wants to try and prove themselves, and everyone's got every right to do so. Um, you know, two playoff finals, uh, two playoff finishes. Uh, two seasons in a row, uh, you know, the second last season, we took that extra step, as I say, got to the final. Um, so everyone's got, you know, their own right to, you know, want, want to test themselves. You know, if you sort of, some people would say it's a failure to finish in, in the playoffs and not win it. But where we were at the start of last season, it's an overachievement. It's a successful season. Yeah, we didn't, you know, we didn't win that pre- the, the playoff final, but um, it's, it was a step in the right direction. And, you know, Stability at football now is, you know, is, is kind of gone. There's no serious loyalty from some people, or from majority of people, as far as managers and players are concerned. Um, I would love to have kept Cooper in. Um, I was Cooper in all the way through the summer. There was, you know, massive um, threads on Twitter from Swans fans, Cooper out, Cooper in. Everyone was, you know, putting their points across. Um, but apparently it was something to do with, yeah, he wanted to take that step up to the Premier League uh, at one point, uh, he wanted to go to Palace. Um, there was another another shout of him going to Fulham as well. So, you know, bigger clubs, I suppose. Well, it's not, I suppose, they are bigger clubs. You know, better recent history, recent Premier League history as well, as far as Fulham. Um, and, you know, they've got the financial uh, back in there from, you know, their owners and the board to probably again get back to the Premier League this season. So, you know, it would have been something... Um, he probably would have been looking to. Um, and I think it was just um, like a falling out between the board. I, don't, I, I, you know, we will never truly know unless someone from the board comes out and says this is what happened or unless Cooper writes about it in a book in a few years' time. You know, who knows what really, really happened um, at Swansea with him. But apparently it was just a bit of a disagreement at board level. Um, and, you know, our last three managers, Graham Potter, Steve Cooper, as well, we're now with Russell Martin. The, the board, even though they're these big American owners and they're a consortium of like 18 or 20 um, quite famous people out in America, um, a consortium is basically you take my money, you turn me a profit. If you know, if you don't, we're not going to invest more money into it. So, but they are, they are, you know, they're wealthy. They they own an American football team. They should be able to put money uh, into the club and try and get us, you know, back to where we belong, you know, as, as a lot of fans would say, um, back to the Premier League. Um, that, that was their ambition, you know, when they came in to st- stabilise the club financially, push us on to the next step, increase the stadium capacity. None of this has happened. We've taken, you know, steps backwards. Thankfully, you know, we haven't reduced any attendance or anything like that in the stadium like they used to do in the olden days, take down sort of the top tier of the stadium. Um, but they're, they're not really... Pu- putting a lot of money in people keep saying that they're taking money out but they're probably not even taking money out you know we're one of the very few teams um in the top two divisions that are in the green as far as you know finances we're not struggling for money but we haven't got tens of millions like fulham like west brom um to throw at at players and you know build i wouldn't say a squad just assemble a team of expensive players because we saw what happened with Fulham. They spent a hundred million pound going up to the Premiership and they came straight back down. Um, but I think it's uh, I think with Cooper it was just like I said a, a disagreement there between board and manager. 
Um, and yeah, he parted his parted ways, um, packed up his bags and, you know, sort of in limbo for a little while. A lot of Wales fans kind of wanted him to take over from Robert Page, um, who I don't really want to touch on. But yeah, I'd, I, you know, we, I think we'd like a replacement there. Um, and Steve Cooper would have been you know, a good fit for that. Um, I say not really um, a pretty football manager, but definitely a results driven manager, someone who gets the job done uh, on the pitch, whether it's 1-0, 2-1, uh, with the occasion 2-0. But um, I was one of the ones who was um, quite disappointed that he left and, you know, in the manner that he left um, as well so soon before the end of the season. I mean, Russell Martin came in, I think he had one pre-season game. So the start of this season has kind of been figuring out for Russell Martin and the coaching team who is the best eleven, while trying to recruit to improve the squad as well. So that's probably why we've had such a slow start to the season because our manager just hasn't had a preseason to figure out, um, you know, what his best eleven is to implement his style on that best eleven or you know the, the 15, 16 players. Um, and it, you know we've seen a bit of chop and changing, but um, quite I, would I say surprised to see him back in the championship? Probably not. Um, you know, I don't really know if he'd have gotten a Premier League job. Um, but, you know, Graham Potter was with us and uh, he's at Brighton doing a fantastic job. And we see, you know, managers from Swansea seem to do take that next step um, and outperform what they did with the Swans. Again, like I say, with, with the lone players we brought in, we've developed those. They've gone on, they've taken that next step, whether it's been with their parent club or moved on for a lucrative sum. Um, and we've, we've done that with managers as well. I mean, look at the likes of Brendan Rodgers. Got us to the Premier League, gave us two seasons up there, and then Liverpool come knocking, uh, goes to Celtic, and now he's with Leicester. And we all know what, what, he's, what he's doing. Roberto Martinez got us, uh, got us promoted from the lower leagues. He's now Belgium manager. So these, these, these coaches and managers, they do, they do take their next step up. Sadly, it's not so much with the Swans or you know, longevity of being a Swansea manager, but... Um, a little bit surprised that he went to um, Nottingham Forest, although, like I say, they did desperately need to um, replace Houghton, who just, I mean, you know, we've only got one win in six, as, uh, in one win in eight as well. So we're, we're not exactly doing an amazing job compared to them. But we were um, just looking at the league points wise, they're on four, we're on seven. So, you know, we can't go being too judgmental of their start of the season but um yeah a club like Forest it is a big club they had I think they had like the largest squad in the league last season um their recruitment isn't the best they just seem to bring in an awful lot of players and hopefully something works out um but yeah you know he'll he'll do a decent job there um you'll probably get that new band that, that new manager bounce you know that they won last weekend without a manager which is a bit of a kick in the teeth for Houghton um, you know, no manager or player probably wants, you know, once you've left your team to lose um, that next game. But I bet he would have been wanting Forrest to lose last weekend and be like, oh, you're no better without me. But then they go and win and pick up their first win of the season. Um, so it's, yeah, um, he, he'll do a good job there. Like I said, I like Steve Cooper. So I do, I do wish him um, all the success at Forrest. You know, not, not no greater success than what the Swans get this season. But uh, I do wish him, you know, uh, a good stint at, at Forest. I think he's a good manager, and I got you know I got a couple of um, Forest mates that I speak to, uh, thanks to doing content. So, you know, it's um, 
It's interesting. It's an interesting move. He's got the only thing with it is that he's taken uh, Swansea City legend uh, Alan Tate with him uh, on the coaching staff, who was on the coaching staff under Russell Martin with the Swans, um, but then probably not in favour too much and was most recently, and we're talking last week, given the um, basically the loan manager's job. So just going around the country, seeing your loaned out players and just checking in on them, which a bit of a kick in the teeth, a bit of a, a crap job there and uh, probably felt a little bit uh, unjust and unfairly treated. So yes, I think Steve Cooper got in contact and uh, after 20 years with Swansea City, Alan Tate has, uh, has departed and uh, moved on to uh, pastures new. So again, wish him all the very best as well. So it'd be interesting to see what, what they do at Forest and whether they can turn their season around. I'm sure they will. Well, I hope not, but <clears throat> yeah, quite quite <laughs> possibly. Quite possibly. Um, so one other player that obviously we have to talk about, we've already mentioned him um, at the minute, was was Andre Ayew and obviously the goals that he scored for the Swans last season. Um, obviously, that's always going to be a big hole to fill uh, in, in the, you know the next season. But looking through your stats, I know we're only a few games in, but it looks like you might have another another gem on your hands in the form of uh, a Dutch 22-year-old that I'm going to struggle to pronounce his name, Tom. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let you roll with that. And uh, is it, is it five goals in five games so far that he scored four in the league, one in the cup from the stats uh, that I can see? Joel Piro. Yeah. He's um, yeah. I mean, he was at, I believe it was PSV's sort of youth Academy B team. Um, I believe he was, um, PSV. Let me just double check. Sorry, um, but yeah, he's um, he started the season fantastically. He got a goal in the cup, um, and yeah, he is doing. You know, he's, he's what Swansea needed for the last few seasons was an out-and-out goal scorer, a number nine, um, which we've not really had, and we've heavily relied on our wingers like Jamal Lowe last season, getting fourteen goals. Andre Ayew last season, um, so you know, wingers are there to put the ball into the box, drive you know, to the byline, get those shortcut passes to the edge of the box and for your strikers to put the ball in the back of the net with chipping in a couple of goals throughout the season. Um, it turned into us basically playing uh, either three wingers at some times with, with Andre in the middle or, you know, heavily relying on, on Andre out on the right-hand side, Jamal out on the left to, you know, cut in, take on a, a man or two and put the ball into the back of the net. But, um, yeah, as far as Joel Pirro, um, you know, we've got a nice little chant, no pyro, no party. Um, so it's a little, little take on the, the pyro the pyro song. So, um, yeah, he's, you know, he's done absolutely fantastic. Um, not, I don't think anybody really knew about him um, before, you know, we were, uh, there was talk of us signing him. Um, and obviously you get a youngster coming in um, who's not really been in the first team for the club that he was at. <clears throat> um, you sort of have a, a couple of doubts, you know, Um but from what we've seen so far, um, he knows where the back of the net is. That's for sure. Whether he's inside the box uh, or outside of that box, he, he knows exactly where the, where, the, where the back of the net is. And thankfully, so far this season, he has uh, he's contributed. Um, and yeah, hopefully he'll have a pretty successful season. And fingers crossed, remain with us, not be scalped in January or, you know, at the end of the season, you know, if he's on sort of, you know, mid double figures come January. Uh, which is possible. We might be in a crap league position, but you know, if you've got a striker who's on 12, 15 goals come come January, 
there's uh, there's you know there's scouts everywhere these days and you know smaller club someone who sort of needs money to be brought in um players like that can leave mid-season and then you know you've got to sort of replace rebuild but um we've brought in Obafemi Martins as well from Southampton who we were linked with uh, last January but he picked up an injury the day before um he was due to travel down to South Wales for a medical um so we've got him he looks he looks sharp he looks quite quite bullish up at top um Looks a bit like a uh, Wilfred Boney sort of sort of player. You know, his stature is probably a little bit shorter than Boney, but he, he's built quite well as well. Um, and yeah, like I say, we're quite happy with the players we brought in. Um, it's just that that team just needs to gel, just needs to click. Um, and you know, I've seen our performances home and away this season. I've been fortunate enough to uh, watch our away games as well, um, whether it's streaming or going to a couple. But you know, you can. When you're watching your team play, um, you can see something. You can see something happen. You can see something building. It does look very promising. It's just maybe, you know, trying to solidify the defense a little bit, be a little bit more, you know, taking that that little chance going forward. We're just missing that one little thing at the moment to click. Um, and when that does click, we're we're gonna we're, we are gonna batter a team, and it's gonna be pretty soon. Um, you can just see it working. You know, we came, all right, it's Luton, all right, no disrespect to Luton at all because they completely outperformed us last weekend. Um, you know, 23 minutes into the game, we're 3-0 down away to Luton. And we're thinking, what the hell's going to happen here? Go into halftime, 3-0 down. Russell Martin, um, you know, identified the positions we were weak in. Apparently, he didn't go in screaming and shouting, kicking off at halftime. Just told the players, you know, to look at themselves and, you know... I, sort of take that that chance, be a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more optimistic going forward, push the men forward, take the opportunities if they're there. And three changes made at halftime, Job Hero being one of them, Olivier and Chan being another. And both of those picked up picked up goals. And I don't know if you've seen uh, in Chan's goal from outside the box from last wow. weekend, but Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, we've been screaming for, you know, a number nine, but as well as someone to take a shot from sort of 25 yards out because we haven't had that for, for a good few years. And when he hit that shot and you watch it just curl and go into that top corner, that keeper had no chance. Um, and he got us back into the game. So, you know, Russell Martin on a lot of stats sites had manager of the week um, for the, for, like for his, ha- his second half sort of um, team's performance. But um, yeah, you know, we, we've got, we have got a good squad at the moment. We're stronger than what we were last season, I think. Um, you know, even though we had probably a more uh, comfortable on the ball goalkeeper, we just like to play out from the back. We had Freddie Woodman again, you know, on loan from Newcastle for two, for two seasons. Which, you know, very very kind of them to loan him to us. Um, but this season we're sort of, you know, between Ben Hamer and Stephen Bender in goals, and Hamer's probably got the experience behind him to be a little bit more comfortable on the ball when being closed down. Hamer's sort of been fighting for the first number one uh, jersey for the last few seasons, was given it but hasn't really performed this season. Um, and it's taken a lot of criticism. I've certainly been one to uh, to be on that bandwagon. But you know, if you see players after four or five games who just don't look comfortable in that in the system, um, and are costing you goals as well. Um, you're going to be critical. We're, we're football fans, you know. We're we're fickle. Um, you know, we'll happily forgive a player if they do something marvelous in the next game. 
but you know we have every right to be critical as well so we're just waiting on you know the defense to be a little bit more solid um and i think this this weekend is the first weekend where we have no injuries at all to worry about um, we have a fully fit squad so Russell Martins, you know, he's had he's had his eight games in the league now. Hopefully, hopefully today uh, Huddersfield are on the the wrong end of a, an absolute battering from us, um, and it'd be nice to see our strikers get a few more goals. Yeah, I mean that that was one of the other points I was going to touch on. Obviously, the goalkeeping thing because of obviously Freddie Woodman, who's now you know turning out for Newcastle week in week out almost. Um, but obviously, I've said that Ben Hamer, obviously, Derby had him a couple of seasons ago. Um, he came in and, and took the number one shirt. And yeah, there was a reason why we didn't keep him around. Uh, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll say that much. Um, he Again, very much to what you've just said, Tom. A couple of games, he looked really, really comfortable. And then he would just drop an absolute howler. Um, and they became, you could, I think a lot of players are confidence players. But you could see yeah. it in him, um, and that the, just the confidence just sapped out of him after a couple of mistakes. And yeah, we 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 decided not to pick him up uh, and, and extend his contract. But you know, he, as you say, it, it, you look at where he's been in his career. You know, he's he's clearly got something because he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been, he wouldn't have been at those clubs, and he wouldn't have um, he wouldn't have played as many games as he has. But I know, obviously, certainly the last few years, he has been more of a number two. Than, than than a yeah. number one and like you say uh, no disrespects to him but I suppose when you've had Freddie Woodman and then you know you're looking for that next goalkeeper to come in and and what a specialist position that is um you know it's not always easy to get it right Derby is still not really getting it right from when from when we uh, when we stopped using Scott Carson to be honest so right. we we can't really we can't really say too much about that but um Dropping into the next ne- next little bit of the pod before we um, do a score prediction and everything, and obviously we, we'll look to look at that game in, in more detail for Saturday. Um, so as you say, Martin's had eight games now, didn't have a massive preseason. Results, as you say, have probably been a bit mediocre. What, what's the style? What is it that he's trying to implement at Swans? Um, and it, as you've just kind of touched on there, is it just something that is just you know, it, eventually it will click. It's just that time that the players have had with him so far, working on that, working on his star, working on his system. Um, what, what can the Rams expect from from the Swansea on uh, when they come to Pride Park on Saturday? Um, so, like I, I sort of touched on it, his style is um, like it was at, at um, Milton Keynes. Um, I think throughout the entire season, last season, I think uh, NK Dons were second or third for highest possession. Um, over the football league, only Man City, I believe, were above them. Um, and we've, I, I've said it for for years and years and years. You know, Swansea have been, you know, sort of a blueprint sort of club and team on the pitch. Um, you know, granted, not the last sort of four years, but when we were in the Premiership, our style of football was, you know, it was admired um, globally pretty much. You know, so we were nicknamed Swans Alona for our possession passing football, and we were getting results with it as well. Um, and he's he, he did the same at, at MK Dons. He's doing the trying to do the same at Swansea now. Um, and yeah, I mean you can see it in the stats from our, from our, our uh, start of the season. We have completely dominated the game in every aspect apart from that scoreline. Um, and you know I had I had my arguments at the start of the season when we appointed him. People were saying, oh, I want you know I want attractive football on the field. All right, but attractive football 
doesn't always get you results. Results get you results. Scoring goals get you results, which is what Steve Cooper's teams were doing. You know, we, you know, Freddie Woodman, 22 or 20, was it 24 clean sheets last season? That's, you know, that's absolutely crazy. Um, and he ran away with that as well. And the, the defence as well, I think we only chopped and changed a handful of times. So between the defence and Freddie Woodman, we had one of the best back lines in, in England, um, you know, in the English leagues. Um, but yeah, he's he's trying to implement this possession passing sort of football, um, whereas, you know, you dominate the ball, the opposition don't have it, they can't score. That's not necessarily been the case because, you know, we've dominated games, we've had the most possession um, and we've conceded, like I say, we conceded against, we had a rough 23 minutes against uh, against Luton, they completely dominated us for that time. After that, it was it was entirely Swansea's game. Um, and if had there been another few minutes at the end of that match, we probably could have nicked it because we'd certainly turned the, the, the tides of the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as what Derby can expect, um, yeah, I don't think you guys will have too much of the ball, um, like like a lot like a lot of teams this season. To be honest, I think we are going to be, you know, it's sideways and backwards football. Um, you know, trying to like like sort of like a game of chess, trying to draw players out of position to get in behind them, um, and then you know try and try get that killer instinct. Um, so I think you know every team can pretty much expect the same thing from us. We're going to pass a lot. We're going to have a lot of the ball um, and we're going to try and pick you off either from set pieces or um, through build a play on the counter-attack. Um, we've got a, quite a, a quick um, group of players as far as attackers are concerned. Um, but so far this season, we have sort of struggled to be a bit more you know, ballsy going forward and you know, committing that extra man, which would open up another, another gap. Um, so, like I said, I have touched on it. I, from watching us at home, um, you know, we are just waiting on that one little thing to click um, before a team is on the wrong end of a hiding from us. Um, you know, hopefully that'll be starting today. That'll be great against Huddersfield, um, whether that's, you know, next Saturday against you guys up at uh, Pride Park uh, or whether it's against Fulham midweek because they're having mixed results at the moment. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. It's going to click. And I think it's just a case of just like you should be as a football fan with a new manager and a new new setup be be patient uh you know unless you know you're losing eight games out of eight there, there's something there i mean we're three undefeated yes it's three draws but you know two nil nils at home so we, we haven't won in the league at the liberty stadium so far this year um in the league we have in the cup but um the last three games two nil nils and a three all against uh, against luton so you know we've got a, a strong defence, <clears throat> and we know we can score goals as well. So, like I say, it is just waiting for the penny to drop, and uh, someone we're, we're going to give someone a hiding. Um, I've been saying it, mind for like two weeks, um, and then Luton, Luton turned out against us. So, um, yeah, I think we're just waiting for like either for a team to be completely off form or for it to be our day, um, and then hopefully we can get the ball rolling, we can get a couple of wins under our belt, and sort of be back up in the, the top end of the table. I mean, for my expectations this season, I'm just, you know, I take a top 10. Um, you know, I don't expect us to finish in the playoffs like I didn't last season. Um, I don't expect from Swansea City. All I, all I want is, you know, an enjoyable season, one where we're not fighting relegation, one where we're not pissed off fans, where we haven't got to, you know, go online after every single game and be like, oh, this player was shit this player was shit um you know the manager's got to go because i've seen some some martin out tweets already 
um, which is, you know, absolutely ridiculous. Eight eight games in. The only manager I've been like that with was Brad Bobley, uh, <laughs> Brad Bobley <laughs> um, from America. Um, Bob Bradley, absolutely. Um, just, you know, conferences, team setup, just locked out with depth, locked out with place completely. Um, and had no major experience behind him as far as, you know, being a good football coach. Um, but yeah, I mean, you've got to trust the process. You've got to give people time in football. Uh, you know, unfortunately it is a results driven game. So, you know, if the results aren't there, then you know, people's heads are on the chop. But uh, yeah, I would expect, I would expect a good, strong Swansea team to show up as long as we're fully fit again in, in, two, in a week's time. Um and yeah, it's the championships, the hardest league in the world. Anybody can beat anyone. Um, and, you know, I mean, what Coventry is sitting at the top of the table with Victor Yorkerez, top goal scorer, who was our, our player uh, two seasons ago. So yeah, uh, he couldn't he could knit a pissing barn door when he was with us. <laughs> but again, you know, trust the process, give players time. Don't, don't necessarily jump to conclusions on them just because they don't fit into, into one sort of team system. You know, it might take a move like that and... Yeah, he's absolutely on fire. They're on fire. So it's um, the championships, the most enjoyable league in the world, whether you're top or bottom of it. Strange league. It is a strange league. It is. Um, it is. Right before before I let you go, Tom, and we do a score prediction. Um, final point. Obviously, we've talked about the strengths of Swansea. Where where will Derby, if any, where where can Derby get joy in the game on on Saturday? Because I must admit, we, we try and play a very similar way to you. We do try and dominate the ball. With us being at home, I would expect us to try and dominate the ball. It would be Swansea's job to obviously get that off us and, and, and play their own game. Um, Derby have shown that they've got a bit of pace as well. We can hit on, on counter-attacks. Um, but we, we predominantly do play out from the back and try and hold on to the ball. And Very similar to what you say. Sometimes it's very sideways, it's very backwards, it's very, sometimes it's one paced and that finer killer, you know, that finer killer ball, that you, you just, you're screaming at your team to play 10 yards further up the pitch that, that, that they're not doing because they're scared we've got a back line that's about 300 <laughs> combined age. Uh, they, they're worried about obviously being hit on the break and things like that. But if there is anywhere that you can point out, Tom, where can Derby uh, hurt Swansea on Saturday? Um, I think it'll probably be just us being slow out of the gates like we were um, against Luton. We sort of panicked on the ball, um, didn't get the ball sort of out of our own half very much in the first 20, 30 minutes. Um, you know, if you can hit us early on and do a better job than what Luton did as far as, you know, holding on to a 3-0 a lead, um, you know, or, you know, whether you go up, you go 1-0 up, but... Um, if say if you've got a strong, uh, fast attack as well, our defence probably isn't as quick as it was last season. Although we've got we've got Ethan Laid from United, who's uh, a brilliant, brilliant little player. Um, but we're playing a, a good, strong three at the back. Um, you know, with Cabango and uh, and Ryan Benner, two you know bags of experience, a quality player. Um, and th those two at the back, uh, whether it's with um, Kyle Norton, again, massively experienced player, but getting on a little bit. So, uh, I mean, we're not probably the paciest in defence, but we have a, a good, strong back line. Um, but yeah, you probably cut if you were, you know, if we come out and we're sleeping um, early on, whether that's the first half or the second half, you, you know, you could catch us on the counter. Um, but I, I would, like I said, I would expect us to have probably majority of the ball in that game, but. If you don't do nothing with it when you've got it, then you, you know you're leaving yourselves wide open to a counter attack, 
uh, a set piece goal to go in against you um, or you know just one mistake in the game can cost you the three points but um yeah i mean derby are going to be are going to be wanting to pick up as many points as they possibly can um but yeah um it probably it'd be a tough game like i say i, I say it on every one of my match day vlogs it's another tough game because no matter who you're playing in this league um it, it can go completely against you um or you know when we're not a team to we're not known for battering teams but you know it could happen one weekend when you least expect it um you could have very little of the ball one game and, and come away with a one nil win so i think you know as long as we're not as long as we're not scared um when we go out onto that football pitch and panic when we've got the ball in the in the defense sort of playing back to the goalkeeper um but yeah if you if you're pressuring if you put the pressure on our back line and our on our goalkeeper when we've got the ball at the back and we're looking to clear it. Um, we're not known for hitting that long ball. Um, you know, people want to try and pick out a right back, a left back, you know, build up through the midfield. But when you've got to realise that when you're under pressure, put your foot through the ball. Even if it goes two yards up, up the line and goes out for a throw-in, just put your foot through the ball and get rid of it. Um, so I think, you know, as long as we're as long as we're on the ball, I think we'll be all right against you guys. Um, but yeah, if, if you can catch us on the counter maybe or catch us, uh, catch us, you know, off guard, sleeping a bit early on in the game, then I think uh, Derby, as well as many other clubs, um, will have a good chance against us this season. You know, not that we're going to be world beaters this year, but um, we are going to we are going to see most of the ball for the majority of this season. Right. Well, that is. I think that wraps everything up nicely, Tom. Thanks very much. Just before you go, we always do a score <laughs> prediction. Um, I'll I'll let you go first. I know there's three games we are recording this Saturday morning, obviously, before these fixtures. So a lot can happen in seven days. But um, <laughs> if, if we can, if you can have a, have a bit of a thought of a score prediction for us for next Saturday. Uh, I'll probably go with my <clears throat> probably most predicted score, which is ne which never comes in. Two one swans. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're, we are acceptable to concede in, but we, we certainly can score goals. Um, and, but we're not going to score four or five you know, most of the time, but like I say, we are due to batter somebody. Um, hopefully it starts today. Um, you know, we don't necessarily have to batter Derby next next week, but I'd like to get a win, but I'll go for a, go for a two one Swans. We have been quite good on the road this season. Um, so we'll, uh, yeah, we'll go for a, a two one Swans. Fair enough. Yeah. Let's hope that battering comes well, well before Derby. <laughs> Thank you very much. But yeah, I think to be honest with you from obviously from everything that you've just explained and knowing the way that Derby are playing and at the minute they are, they've got, they've not really got much to play for other than pride. Uh, and that, that is it. And we're seeing a, we're seeing a different Derby this season from what the one that I've seen over the last couple of years, really. Um, but from what you're saying, the styles, they, they sound very, very similar. Um, so it's probably whoever does it to the to the best. Derby have definitely got a mistake in them. Very similar, you know. We do like to pass it out from the back. We have over the last couple of games started that, with that long ball a little bit more earlier on this season. We weren't doing that. We were persist persisting with the same thing. We got we got caught out far too many times and conceded some silly goals. I mean, I think it's every game bar two this season we've taken the lead and not won. Oh well. Um, <laughs> but we have got the second best defensive record in the league so far. It's, okay. it's really incredible, but we're not known, as Derby haven't been for the last couple of years, of, of putting three or four in, in the back of the net. So, I mean, for me personally, it, it's got draw written all over it. But um, I must admit, I think the last three or four visits that Swans have made to Pride Park, Derby have got the better of them. Um, yeah. And I'm going to continue in that vein. 
Um, I'm going to go two one, but I'm going to go two one Derby. But I could, it does sound very much like a game that could cancel each other out. Uh, I must admit, but I'm I'm going to go two one. So we've got two ones each way, but obviously for our respective teams. But Tom, it's yeah. been an absolute pleasure. Enjoy the game today, mate. I know you're shooting off in a minute. Thanks very much for joining me this morning, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thank you, mate. Appreciate you. No problem. Any any time at all. Cheers, Tom. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. Bye. That's it for this week's episodes, guys. A big thanks go out to Matt and Tom for for giving us their insights into the two games there. Reading on Wednesday at Pride Park and then Swansea next Saturday at Pride Park before the international break. Uh, and then see where we are. Uh, international break coming up. Um, I actually don't know what plans we've got for the pod for that week. But I'm sure we'll I'm sure we'll we'll have something out there. And then of course we will reconvene. And I believe the first fixture back after the international break is Preston. Trip to Deepdale. And there's also a midweek game involved there on the 19th as well. Derby at home to Luton before the trip to the Rico um, to face Coventry. So we'll have all that coming up in the next couple of pods and obviously we'll have all the fallout all the reaction from Reading and Swansea and I'm sure Corey will be back to uh, to join us for that thanks for listening guys until next time there's only one thing left to say and that's up the Rams Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the Rams Review Podcast. We would love it if you'd like to get in touch. On Twitter, we're at RamsReview1. On Facebook, it's Rams Review Podcast. Or you could drop us an email, ramsreview at hotmail.com. Until next time, up the Rams. The Rams Review Podcast are proud to be part of the Fan Hub 100, putting fans first.